You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Just got done watching the Philadelphia versus Green Bay game. One of the uh, more exciting Thursday night games we're going to get this season. Absolutely loved it. Huge show plan. Special guest, uh, reoccurring guest, Howard Bender joins the show. And uh, we've got a whole lot to talk about, so we're going to get kicked right off into this. Howard, how the hell have you been, man? I've been great, you know, just uh, doing my thing, NFL season, we're off to a really strong start, a lot of hits, not so many misses, and uh, yeah, just uh, some good things. I mean, it's been a bittersweet day today. I uh, I lost internet access today at, at home and had to have somebody sub in the show at SiriusXM, so as stressful as that can be in the mornings, at some point you just turn around and you say, well, I can't really do anything, so maybe I'll take a nap. That's crazy. That shit's not supposed to happen, man. Like everybody hates when the internet goes out. I know I've I've had to deal with it. Like I had to use my personal hotspot sometimes for things. Drew, Drew, do you ever have that problem? Yeah, I'm always having to get on my hotspot for work. So when I'm on the road and stuff, and then sometimes at the at the place. So. Well, so I live in a small town in Northern California. The whole area was out. You know, I was up at four in the morning. So from four to about seven thirty, hotspot, no problem. As soon as everybody started waking up and realizing what was going on and businesses were trying to fire up, boom, network was jammed. Verizon went down for a while. I mean, it was oh just – Oh, my God. Yeah, this was like this was like the – again, <laughs> bittersweet, really super frustrating. I got like all, all my writing in early in the morning, and then when I was like all about to start prepping for the show and uh, the rest of my day, it all crapped out, so – you know, what are you going to do? Again, I'll, I'll treat it. I treat it as a, as a mini vacation day. That's like a, that, that's like a, I don't even know. That's like a apocalypse almost though, especially like being in like <laughs> on the West coast and the internet going out. Like Tina can't post her Instagram pictures. Like, like Kyle's like trying to like play Xbox. Like it's, that's wild shit. Like just outages, like a power outage. Yeah. It happened often. Um, it's, you know, because we live on the coast. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, earthquakes and shit right yeah well i mean uh, you know earthquakes wind everything you know it's just that kind of just craziness there but you know like the worst part is you know you want to sit there on on your phone you can kind of make up for it and i'm like trying to scroll through my twitter timeline i'm trying to answer some questions that people are throwing down but every time i like answer a question then it resets me on my notifications page to the most recent one so that i gotta keep scrolling and scrolling 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 catch up to where i was like Eight hours ago, ten hours ago, and it was just yeah. So I just decided to say, "Oh, I almost uh, almost cursed on your podcast, guys." You can say fuck. We don't. I, we don't. Well, I said fuck it, man, and I put it all down and said I'm going to take a nap. Yeah, see, see, like it, it's great because you know because you know when you're in the garage, man, you're in the virtual garage right now, so you know that anything goes. So it's whatever. Well, I appreciate that. that yeah, is. so you're good. So look, so this game that we just watched, so we we've got to discuss this shit. I'm literally floored that the Eagles just beat the Packers at home. Um, I did not see that coming, but this game, like of all the Thursday night games we've had thus far, 
The only other exciting one I can, I can think of was just when Gardner Minshew's dad was just electric um, and he was electric on the field. So this like beats that. So week four is trending pretty good so far. What, what were y'all's big takeaways from this one? Um, I mean, you know, for me, it was don't count Jordan Howard out. And while Jordan Howard doesn't really uh, fit wholeheartedly with Doug Peterson's scheme, Doug, you know, Doug Peterson comes from that Andy Reid coaching tree, which is where Matt Nagy comes from. So it always shocked me that Jordan Howard went from the Bears to the Eagles knowing what the expectations are for running backs. But when you match up against this Green Bay defense and you really need to you know, kind of wear down that front seven. They really do have a strong secondary. But if you wear down that front seven and the linebackers have to start, uh, you know, moving forward and committing to the run, everything then kind of opens up from there. So uh, the the heavy use of Jordan Howard was something I was really looking for in this game. Uh, and it kind of just it, it made me happy to see that uh, Doug Peterson isn't as big a tool as most people think he is. Yeah, I wish I would have known that because, like, I, I was the the guy that did Miles Sanders pretty much like everybody else in the country. Because, like, I'm thinking, like, for me personally, like, looking at the Eagles' backfield, like, we just have that stereotype just kind of like, ugh, gross, like, stay away. So I'm thinking this Packers defense is looking good, but then they go and they run Jordan Howard, like, out of out of between him and Miles Sanders, it just kind of threw me off, man, just because I, I put the tweet out. Like, I was pretty sure the Eagles found a time machine to get the old Jordan Howard and bring him back to the future because I haven't seen Jordan Howard do some shit like this in years. No, it was great. It was great to see. Absolutely. So I guess that, that would be my biggest takeaway from this. I know that, you know, some people are going to be like, well, Green Bay's defense, you know, they just gave up all these points. You know, again, it's, you know, it's what you're prepping for as a, uh, as a, as a coach. And I think that Mike Pettin was definitely prepping for a different game plan from uh, from what, you know, what the Eagles ended up doing. And, you know, adjustments will be made. Yeah, the big thing for me, the big takeaway was it seemed like Matt LaFleur's offense didn't look all that much different than the, the old Green Bay offense. A lot of back shoulder throws from Aaron Rodgers just didn't look all that different. What, a, what did you guys think about that? I actually, I do agree with you there. And I'm, I'm curious as to how much that was Aaron Rodgers changing the game plan a little bit. Like, you know, what, we, what we've seen is that Aaron Rodgers for the first three weeks has very much towed the company line and has been going along with Matt LaFleur's game plan. And you look at the fact that they haven't been throwing the ball and they've been grabbing an early lead and then kind of just turtling and, and grinding it out on the ground there and just chewing up the clock. Pace of play is ridiculously slow. So, you know, when they immediately, when they went from, you know, when they started going, uh, when they went down at the end of that second half, uh, first half, I mean, I thought, well, here you go. This is where Aaron Rodgers turns to LaFleur and says, all right, you got to let me, you know, you got to open me up a little bit here. He and brings yet, the LeBronness. Yeah, it does. It, it's bringing the LeBronness. Yeah, that was like the big observation I had. And it was actually enjoyable to watch the Packers offense because they haven't been able to get that run game established the first few weeks, even with, you know, rotating Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, which has been frustrating as a fantasy owner. So, yeah, got it. Got to say, uh, got to say prayers up, bless up for, for Jamal Williams. I don't know if we've, if anybody's heard anything recently about him. I haven't seen anything come by, but it uh, looked like a pretty scary injury. Very first play of the game, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, the last I saw was that he was still undergoing tests, but he's got uh, complete mobility in all four of his limbs. So, 
Well, that's good. That's good. Maybe, maybe he will like find like a nice seat because I know a lot of Aaron Jones owners were sad, yet maybe a little, you know, a little smirk on their face. <laughs> hey, let's be realistic here. <laughs> like, the, this run game, everybody expected Aaron Jones to be the guy, the, the lean on one. And then when LaFleur comes out and says, oh, we're going to get Jamal Williams involved as well. That was probably one of the most disgusting fucking things I read so far this year, especially as an Aaron Jones owner myself. So I don't even know who's behind Aaron Jones um, in the depth chart. So it's a it's, rookie. I'm not sure. can't remember his name right now. Yeah, yeah, off the top of the head. It's um, oh god, it's like a Dexter, Dexter something. Yeah, Dexter Williams. Yeah. Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams. Dexter's laboratory. It's a lot see, of experimentation. Are we are we are we overreacting to Jamal Williams' usage rate in the last game? Like, I, I think that people were forgetting the fact that Aaron Jones hurt his shoulder, and you know they were pulling him back from doing a lot of the work in between the twenties because of his shoulder injury and they didn't want to ruin him, but they used him at the goal line. Like, that was the important thing. He had the two touchdowns. He only had 19 yards, and Jamal Williams got that work between the 20s. But you still got great value out of Aaron Jones, and I think that people were kind of just overreacting to the fact of, you know, this is what happens. Like, if you don't if, – if you're, if you're box score surfing versus actually watching the games and, and picking up on stuff, you saw Aaron Jones leave the game for a little while, and – you know, it was questionable to return because of his shoulder. Then he did come back, and then he got a touchdown run. So I think that that's, you know, one of the important things to, for, for people to understand is that you can't, you can't base a decision like, oh, this is all of a sudden I'm, I'm screwed because this is a timeshare if you didn't understand what was actually going on. Yeah, I tried. I, I know that Drew himself, he's, he's got Jamal and he's got Aaron in the GGFS Pro League. And – I know we, we, were, we were talking about possibly trading. It didn't end up happening because I have Aaron in a lot of other places. But I personally am, like, okay with him. I think he's going to be fine throughout the season. I don't think that it's going to be that big of a deal because I think eventually he's just going to work his way into where he's, like, you know, he's doing his thing. He's going to keep producing, and, like, that's not going to go anywhere or stop. But like you're saying right now, it's just when you're seeing that stuff, a casual player, anybody is, it's, it's I mean, rightfully freaking out. And so, yeah, it's our job to calm people down. And I just wanted to calm you down a little bit, Drew, because I knew that you were. <laughs> well, you I mean, the, sound out of control, man. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the snap count was just a little low. I mean, it's like at 60% for the year. And I would have liked to have seen that, you know, when you're investing a what, a second, third round draft pick, you'd like to see it a little higher. I get it, man. Listen, there, there are a lot of people who are disappointed in a number of players right now because they drafted him too high. How many times have you guys heard, oh, man, what do I do with O.J. Howard? I used a six-round draft choice on him. He's my top tight end. <laughs> now, this guy sucks balls. Yeah, big fuckery from O.J. this year. It's uh, Yeah, a lot of people are, are pretty much off. I've been seeing him getting dropped like fucking flies everywhere in leagues all across that I'm in. So that's just one of those things you had to kind of – it was a toss-up to begin with. I don't really know where the hype came from, honestly, with him. But – um. One person I did want to say, going back to Green Bay, um, one person you were high on, uh, I believe, this, this coming into this season, Howard, was uh, Geronimo Allison, who may or may not also be a sex addict. There was some <laughs> that came out during the game. Uh, just wanted to read a couple of tweets from Geronimo here back in 2012. If I'm in you and you itching your motherfucking head up my wall trying to get away, ho, your pussy ain't shit. That was just one tweet from Geronimo Allison. That was beautiful verbiage and words. 
Um, in, in 2012, what was he? 14 years old? Yeah, dude, that's what's wild about this, <laughs> man. Know, like, why? Why do we bring up stuff that people listen? I was an asshole in my teenage <laughs> years. I was listen. I try to be a nice guy uh, as I I've, as I've gotten older and matured. We're all assholes as teenagers. Sure, some of us are more well behaved than others, but. Oh man, I mean, if if we're going back seven years on somebody's <laughs> Twitter account like that, oh my God, I'm this so glad. Came, I'm so it, glad Twitter wasn't around when I was a kid. Oh, I would have loved man. to just like see what that was like. That somebody should make that like Twitter for like people that didn't have Twitter, like things that they would have said. Like, what's a tweet you would have put out when you were like 14 years old, Howard? I have no idea, but here's your. This is your million dollar movie idea, Chase. Now what you and Drew have to do is you have to go and write like a screenplay of a guy who's like my age, who's about to turn 50 and like suddenly had the power to create Twitter back in the day. And then what, what kind of things he would have said as an idiot 15 year old. We're going to call it, we're going to call it wise words spoken <laughs> starring Howard Bender. So we're going to just, we're just going to, we're just going to hire you. And we're going to make this movie and we're going to make it very low budget. And we're going to go in a Sundance film festival. As long as you feed me three squares a day, I'll, I'll be good for that. You can, that's how you can pay me. We, we can make it happen. We, we can definitely do that. Can we all wear jorts and uh, the chosen one shirts? We have to. Yeah. You have to wear jorts, Howard. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, sorry. I draw the line. Um, <laughs> like Broadway, a Broadway Joe t-shirt or tank top. And, <laughs> yeah. Now, there you now, go. I do that and everybody's going to think I'm Lenny Melnick. So. Oh shit. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh my God. Lenny's <laughs> a legend, dude. I'm going to look him up though. But, uh, real, real talk though. Geronimo did have some hype coming into the season and like I ended up drafting him myself. Like I thought that he was going to get a little more love than MVS, but I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you were, you were pretty high on him as well. Right. I was I was really high on Geronimo Allison. Listen, I think that you know he was coming out of the slot. I you know if you had to make and I did this bit on the on the SiriusXM show was you know guys that you have to you know just let go if if you if you desperately need the roster spot then you desperately need the roster spot. So I was like, if Allison's not going to see the targets, then then he's just he's a guy that you have to let go, especially if you're dealing with an injury and like. Let's say you lost Saquon Barkley. I mean, who are you going to cut from your roster? Uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, like, uh, you know, even like a, like a DJ Chark who's getting all that work from your boy Minshew or, you know, a guy like Allison who we just – we haven't figured out the usage. But, like, the funny thing is, is through the first two weeks of the season, MVS sucked too. Like, everybody – I was getting – I was getting dogged by people, dogged by people over the first couple of weeks because Geronimo Allison wasn't producing and that MVS in week three had the 99 yards and a touchdown. And I was like, uh, you know, listen, you want to go ahead and take your victory lap here in week three? Go ahead, take your victory lap in week three. But, you know, I I'm willing to wait and see what happens here. And now, what did, I don't know, if I, was MVS even on the friggin' field today? We have like three catches tonight and Geronimo Allison had the touchdown. So, uh, you know, I get this is like a lesson to be learned. Don't don't take your victory lap early. Uh, and when you think about trolling, suck it. Go somewhere else. <laughs> a, yeah, MVS had, what, three receptions, 47 yards, no touchdowns. Oh, my God. He's terrible. We should just cut him right now. He's a piece of shit. Exactly, right? Well, I mean, Devontae Adams is uh, was, was on the sideline, went into the tent. I saw him grabbing his toe. 
it's definitely going to be something to watch. So for Devontae owners out there, like, hold your breath. That's all I can say. Because he was sitting there just squeezing that toe. Like, just, just like a sack of soft cheese. So, just hope to God <laughs> that his toe is okay. <laughs> I just really do. Hey, Jimmy Graham kind of showed up tonight a little bit. Dude, Besides he did. a few drops. Did you see him snagging, like, trying to snag that football? Like, just, like, rocket mode. I don't even understand how he did Like, he didn't grab it, but, like, where he was just reaching behind his head and just, like, dipping them back in, like, real quick, like, showing off, like, some kind of, like, fancy basketball pivots and tricks in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Didn't he drop that one, though? Or did he, he catch did. it? He did. He dropped them, but they looked – the hands looked really good. He got some style points. He did get style points for sure. Jimmy had, what, it was 18 fantasy points on DK, one touchdown, 10 targets, 61 yards, six receptions. Pretty solid day. Can't Very complain. nice effort. The old, the old basketball player. That's so, referenced like every time. If there's like a yeah. betting line, you could bet on the um, on you know the, the announcer to say something about basketball. You'd make a lot of money. I just need him yeah, to dunk more. it in one more time, like he used to do back in the dome. Like you have no idea how exciting that was to like be in the dome and just watch him catch a touchdown and just dunk it through the uprights. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> you're, you're not a fan, are you? Uh, you know, listen, he's Jimmy Graham. I, I, I enjoyed him. There was a lot of good stuff to, to be had from him. It's, you know, it's sporadic usage. You know, the problem is, is like too many people remember that as Jimmy Graham. And when he was with the Saints, he was a lot different than he is now. And it's, you know, it's system, it's usage, it's stuff like that. It's It's the injuries, the wear and tear on his body. So, you know, I try not to, you know, I try not to get caught up in the hype of a guy who is – shown clear decline and is not working in a system that features him anymore and getting really amped up about, you know, a big game like this and think, oh, shit, he's back. And, and all of a sudden you just start thinking that, that he's the Jimmy Graham of old, and it's just not the case. Yeah, that was like week one. And that was my thing, too. Like, I didn't realize it, but, like, he's been in the league for nine years now. That's crazy to me. Like, literally came in the league in 2010, and, like, I'm sitting here, like, like thinking about that, I'm like, "Fuck, I'm getting old." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that made me feel old too. Hey, but oh, one of my fa- yeah, one of my favorite things in DFS yeah. though was in DFS, like right after the Saints tenure when he was trending down and no one wanted to believe that he wasn't that good. I loved fading that guy. I just I've never really rostered Jimmy Graham since the Saints days, so it's really truly really benefited me um, in that aspect. Never kind of like kind of like kind of like to Howard's point, you know, people like to think back to when he was that good it's like everybody holding out hope that we're gonna see a 2016 version of josh gordon or 2014 i don't even remember it's been so long 2014 when he was when he was sipping on the scissor and popping the addies and smoking smoking the reefer and just killing the game in fantasy points well, so there you go. Everybody's holding on to that one too. Yeah. So he's not the same guy without alcohol and marijuana. So that that was entertaining though. That was with some bad quarterbacks too. Oh my God, was it entertaining? That dude had me like on another level in fantasy because nobody in our my league know who the fuck he was, and I'm just like, I don't either. But look at how many points this guy's getting me. <laughs> like that was before we were watching Red Zone, wild times. So Howard. We can't have a show with you on it without you giving some insight to the listeners on some guys they're looking forward to. I think I have seen more people freaking out than ever before this year about their teams. Like, I know me personally in the GGFS Pro League, 
I've got a, a, a pretty rough team this year so far. I don't know if you've got to check the roster, but it's, it's not that beautiful. But there's a lot of other people out there in the same situation that I'm in, that I'm in right now, and they have them in a lot more leagues that are, that are that way. So I wanted you to know if you could give maybe like a couple of guys that you're looking at right now that are on the waiver wire, some guys that people need to trade for. How can people save their season while we're still early coming into week four? Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that people need to do first and foremost is to stop chasing last week's points. Like that's the problem is that, you know, people sit there and, you know, you're looking at guys on your waiver wire and you're like, all right, who am I going to pick up? You know, who killed it last week? Who's going to, you know, when they, when they do the search for free agents and, and they're not looking at the right things, they're just basically looking at yards, cat, you know, catches, rushes yards and touchdowns and that's it and they're not looking at things like snap count they're not looking at like all right a couple of guys who you know i i think that that people need to pay attention to whether they're in a, a 10 team league or uh, a 12 team league depending on who's available on your waiver wire i'm, I'm big on I'm, like i said earlier i'm big on dj chark um you know he's been spending his time last year and this year working on the set with the second teams he's he saw you know, all his preseason reps, the majority of his preseason reps with Gardner Minshew. And so when Foles went down, who was Minshew going to lean on? Was he going to lean on a guy like Dede Westbrook or Keelan Cole, who, uh, you know, Foles has been throwing to the entire time? Or is he going to lean on Chark, whom, you know, he spent the entire time with during the preseason, knows his tendencies, their timing is down, and things like that. So I think that Chark is a guy who, you know, you definitely, you need to believe in. You need to believe in Larry Fitzgerald, that as, as crappy as this Arizona team is going to end up at the end of the year, um, the one thing that seems to be instilled in Kyler Murray that's actually smart is lean on your veteran. Lean respect on, your elders. Yeah, exactly. Respect your elders. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I'm with that. Terry McLaurin. Everybody's Scary talking. Terry. Scary Terry, I don't yeah, know. Right. Those Do you like nick- Scary Terry F one? Like I've been seeing that everywhere. No, I, I mean, but the nickname? Yeah, everybody's no, been like I Josh think- Hayes had one the other day. He put out he was like it was like F one Scary Terry. Um, I don't even know what the other people are called. I call him Scary Terry. I, I call him Scary. I call Terry Rozier from the Celtics Scary Terry. No, this is I, the I, Scary Terry. Call him Terry McLaurin. so so that way so that way people actually know who you're talking about when you're like referencing players like i'll just you know listen oh please Uh, the danny dimes nickname is the fucking stupidest nickname i've ever heard in my life back right now no i'm telling you flat out dude it is it is a horror show of a nickname and 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 i'll tell you what the worst part about it is is that everybody who's calling him that right now are the same people who shit on him and Dave Gettleman from the moment he was drafted sixth overall. Well, I didn't shit on any of them because I so didn't true. care. <laughs> That's so true. Though. That's the same people that were that the were fans. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. now he's fucking Danny Dimes, man. Yeah, look at him. He'll go to the fucking Super Bowl. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, those are the guys who are like, oh, the fucking Giants suck. Why did you fire this GM? Why did you lose take it? This is crap. Howard hates the Giants, by the way. I can't tell. <laughs> I actually don't hate the Giants. It's just that my wife is a diehard Giants fan. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I have a Giants question for Howard. Sure. So now that we have to like reanalyze their, their passing attack, what, what's your thoughts on uh, Cody Latimer? I, you know what? It's funny. I actually, if he plays this week, I really like Latimer for this week. 
because so for me with no Saquon Barkley, um, you know, Gallman's got his limitations. This is going to be a much more improved short passing game. So you're going to get Golden Tate back. Benny Fowler is there. Sterling Shepard is not even uh, considered somebody who should be like a deep threat. Like, so Latimer is a guy who's got the speed to stretch the field on the outside, but he's also got the, the, the you know, the wherewithal to work out of the slot too. So what I think is going to happen is, is that this Giants passing game is just going to be seeing a lot of mice running around the field in like three and four wide receiver sets. All these crossing routes, picks are going to be run, and it's just going to be a, an offense that has the potential, if it's run successfully, uh, that can march down the field. Can it's it be madness. completely effective? Could it be completely effective? I mean, you know, yeah, but you, you do need Gallman to actually do something. You need to be able to, you know, keep the defenses honest and not just have them, like, play for the short pass because they'll just shorten up the field. They'll show you, they'll immediately they'll go into zone coverage, and, you know, and it's going to be much more difficult for the Giants to be successful. So it's really going to hinge on on how much Gallman steps up. Yeah, I just wanted to ask because I know that was a guy I was kind of high on, but with Eli there, I never really considered him. So now that we're kind of oh, now, making- you got Danny Dimes. You <laughs> psych! Oh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Look, okay, so after me, like I had Cam. I like I did not. I hated the fact that I drafted Cam where I drafted him in the pro league this year. I did not want Cam, and it was like a pressure pick. I didn't know. I didn't see anybody else around that area that I liked, and I didn't want to dive too deep for some of the people that I that I had on my radar. So I ended up getting Cam, dropped Cam, uh, picked up Gardner Minshew, picked up, um, picked up him after Foles, and then I had Matt Stafford. I just don't really know how I feel about Stafford throughout the year with carry-on. And so I just got Daniel Jones on this team that I have that's already just like complete, just like gut-bustered on faith right now. So I'm I'm looking forward to the matchup this week, but I have a feeling I'm going to be streaming quarterbacks for the rest of this season. Yeah, I would I would uh I'd kind of hold on to Stafford there. I think that you know he's definitely he's probably got the highest floor out of them at least for the time being right now. Right, just with the tenure and a great matchup against Kansas City this week too. Their yeah. defense sucks. I think Chase, did you drop Stafford for uh, Daniel Jones or did you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so going to his team right now. Dude, yeah, I'm, about to go I'm telling you, there is no Stafford. There's no Stafford, but you're holding Hunter Henry. What is wrong with you? Dude? I don't know. I got faith, bro. <laughs> Actually, oh I don't, dude. God. I'm telling you, like after after the first week, or after week two, I'm looking at this team and I'm just like, how in the fuck did you draft this sober, like? Like, after just, like, really, like, I had such high hopes for, like, Montgomery coming in, like, Michelle. I thought that, like, this would maybe – maybe something would change with the Patriots this year. And, like, like all of my shit was just, like – like, it's like I had, like – I was like a kid that had, like, like the bubble bubble wrap. You know, you pop it all. But, like, somebody gave me a sheet of it, and, like, all the bubbles were popped. <laughs> that's, that's basically what this, this year has been hey, like. I, mean, I think <laughs> I think you're going to see Montgomery uh, bounce back pretty strong. I'm feeling – I'm pretty high on him. I feel like board. as the season goes on, like, he's going to be okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not tripping on Montgomery there. But, yeah, yeah just I some agree. of my other ones, I've, I've got to this point now where, like, with, with the pro league, like, I'm doing really well at the other ones. So, like, I'm looking at the pro league now, and I'm just like, okay. I'm like, you got a couple options here. I was like – I was like, you're going to either have to just hold on for hope 
or you can just start making some ballsy moves. So I'm just going with ballsy moves. Ballsy moves are good. Start making some trades. Pick yourself up. I don't even know who in this league has Dalvin Cook, but man, uh, Samborski, so- you're playing him this week. Oh, am I playing again? See that blow? See, you know, I, I I fucking let Jim Bowden talk me into diversifying my roster this year and trying it out because I hate diversifying my rosters in between leagues. Like it's you, just you, you know, it's it like, what's that? I'm saying, yeah, I understand, because like you want to like have like your same guys, like like. If, well, if I believe in a guys, guy, if, yeah, if I believe in a guy, I believe in a guy, and I don't want to sit there and and hedge and and try out, way. you know, another player. If I'm gonna, if I believe that I can win with a player, I should be, I should believe that I can win with him anywhere. And and Jim got me onto this whole, you know, you need to diversify your roster because what happened was was I got hit hard in baseball this year, and I had Aaron Judge and Matt Olson and Mike Clevenger and all three of them went down like right there from the start of the season. It really just, you know, it shook up every single one of my teams and I was, uh, I was playing from behind the entire way there. And so when we went into football season, I was like, all right, you know, cause I mean, we're, we, you know, like, like morons were all start drafting in June for whatever fucking reason that is. It's crazy. Um, it's, just, it's, so it's, the, it's the thrill. It's the fever. So, you know, all the, all the stuff from baseball was fresh in my mind. And now I'm looking at it. It's like all those early shares that I took of Dalvin Cook and, and uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a couple other players who I was, like, really high on, like, early on. But I was like, you know, those guys are all, like, killing it right now. And my teams are doing real well. And all the teams where I, like, hedged and diversified my roster – some of them are like, you know, well, this team's okay, but it ain't great. And so it just it annoys me. Away. Right? So, I mean, like Dalvin Cook is a guy who I was just so huge on throughout the entire offseason and throughout, you know, and I wish I had him everywhere. I probably have him in like 80% of my teams. But I should have him at 100%. You know what's funny is that I was actually like really low on Dalvin Cook going into this season. Like, I felt like everybody was, like, stupid hyping him up. And, like, I wasn't even really thinking about the fact that, like, Gary Kubiak is going to, like, establish that run game, yeah. like, really strong. And I'm just like, man, like, I did, like, the, I broke one of the, like, unwritten rules. Like, don't make your choices predicated on you think they're going to get injured. And, like, I was just, like, immediately, like, I want nothing to do with Dalvin Cook. And I was so high on it. And then, like, after, like, the second week, this one guy that, like, me and him were just talking mad shit after we did our Dynasty League. And um, shout out to the, the Fantasy Twitter Dynasty League, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I had to go at him, and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to swallow my pride and just be a man. I was like, dude, I was dead wrong. And I was, dude. I was dead wrong about Dalvin Cook. He is a monster, dude. Well, see, listen, I, I, he's got every, every chance possible to get hurt again. I mean, you know, last year's hamstring issues, that really pissed everybody off. The year before it was the ACL. Um, but, you know, let this be a, a, a lesson to people that, A, it's about buying into the system, not just the player, and, B, that's why you handcuff. Because every league that I have Dalvin Cook, I have Alex Madison. Madison. And I mean, listen, you saw you've saw, you've seen him run now a couple of times, and that dude is explosive. And Madison's yeah, the truth too, man. So if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, okay, fine. I still have Madison running in a system that belongs to Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison. It's like the the Chiefs are all interchangeable cogs in that backfield. 
Right now it's LaShawn McCoy. You need LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams. If, once McCoy gets hurt, Daryl Williams is going to step up, and he's going to be the guy. You know, because Damian Williams is a puss, and he's never going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's why I was so big on Carlos Hyde this season. I thought that, like, like I was like, dude, any, any running back that goes into Kansas City is going to be fine. Like, yeah. But now yeah. I got Carlos Hyde in Houston. Like, thank God he got a touchdown last Sunday. Uh, like, other than that, like, it's just been bad. And he, had 90, he had 90 yards the, the week before that, man. I, yeah. Listen, I, I like that. I mean, listen, Lamar Miller's trash, and him being out for the season is probably the best thing that could have ever happened to the Texans. But now, I mean, it's about they got to patch up that offensive line, but Hyde is not a bad guy to own in fantasy right now. Great and flex play. I'm at the point now where I'm just seeing him. Basically, he's going to be at the point to where he's getting more, more out there than Duke Johnson is, and I thought it was going to be the other way around. Yeah, little little Dookie Johnson's never held that job on his own. I was, uh, yeah. I hey, what was it? At one point, it was Duke Johnson and Demaria Crockett. Is that what it was? And I was just like, I, Crockett, I, yeah. I kept stumbling on the name on air. So I was like, fuck it, man. Just puke and diarrhea right here in the backfield. <laughs> yeah, it, took, it took you guys a minute, right? Yeah, I was like, wait, what a, <laughs> that's a hell of a sentence right there. Dude. Right, you got puke Johnson and diarrhea Crockett. It was just a real shitty backfield to invest in. Oh my god, that's the best. We need to get t-shirts. We're getting those t-shirts made next. <laughs> shitty backfield. What? Uh, how are you feeling about Duke Johnson, Drew? Now I was just about to say I've had a, I've had some beef with uh, Bill O'Brien this year because the Butch one thing in? with yeah, with butt chin. So, you know, their whole thing is trying to protect – they should be trying to protect Deshaun Watson, and their O-line's been garbage for a while. And, like, one way to alleviate that is to to utilize the running back screen, and they are just refusing to use Duke Johnson in the manner that they should. Yeah, I think the, the big problem here is the, is the offensive line just not holding together. And I, I think, you know, I think the addition of Tunsil will help down the road here. But I think, you know, when you're looking at, like, Hyde and Johnson, um, you know, you're just – you're dealing with a split backfield. Duke has always been in that role, that pass-catching role. And, you know, it's tough to be in that role when you're dealing with a, a quarterback who likes to try and extend plays with his legs. Yeah, you know, you'll get the occasional dump-off. But he's sitting there, and he's got his head, you know, facing downfield the entire time while he's rolling out. So he's not necessarily seeing the safety valve just sitting right there which kind of limits, you know, Duke's upside. You know, I wish he would, I wish he would be able to take it between the tackles a little bit more. Maybe, maybe try running him out of the slot a little bit. Yeah. He's help. just, yeah. he's just like, he's yeah. not that guy though, man. Like, I mean, for me, I've owned Duke Johnson like a lot of years, like especially when he was with Cleveland and like, I've just, I remember like having those games. I mean, he's always had his ups and downs, but like whenever he does like break out, I mean, he dude, like he's catching the balls out the backfield, like left and right. Like I just for the years that I've had him, but, I just want to see him be that guy again. Like, I really thought that, like, him coming to Houston, he we were going to see just a bunch of just dump-off passes, like, from, from Deshaun Watson to him. And I really thought that was going to help. But then, like, when the whole Carlos Hyde situation happened, now I'm being like, okay, well, they've got the two Cleveland boys in their backfield, and uh, they're having their little reunion. But um, it's just crazy to see how things turn out. Like, you have these, these super high expectations. You go out of your way to draft Duke Johnson. Um, before the season starts, and then it's just in a snap of a finger, everything changes. Fantasy football's wild. <laughs> just a wild, wild time. Wild game. Howard, before we let you go, we're doing a throwback for the 100th episode, and we always do a, a Netflix show of the week. 
or a movie, whatever. We're just calling it Garage Flicks now, from here on out. Howard, give our listeners a movie or a TV show that you're watching right now. Tell us a little bit about it. Let's discuss. <laughs> um, you know, when, when you've been married as long as I have and you're sitting there, it's just easier to let your wife pick the majority of shows that you watch on TV. Um, and she controls the DVR because I, I prefer to fall asleep on the couch anyway. Um, but when I'm like, you know, when she's not around, how about some Wicked Tuna? Like, that's a show that, you know, year round now because they do the, the you know, regular Wicked Tuna uh, fishing show for, uh, you know, up in, up in, uh, off of Massachusetts coast. And then, you know, during the other season, now they're down in North, off North Carolina in the Outer Banks. I mean, it's just, it's dudes sitting on a boat fishing. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, a boater. I'm not a yachtsman by any stretch of the imagination. I do like to go fishing because I just like the idea of just sitting there hanging out. It's quiet. And if you get a bite, you get a bite. And if you don't, whatever, you know, you're just sitting there chilling and hanging out and having a, a good time. Um, but watching these dudes fight these ginormous bluefin tuna uh, is, is always fantastic. And then as it turns out, Two of the guys on the show, two of the uh, the competitors, uh, they're both uh, big fish guys. Uh, the band, as well as big obvious fish. fishing. I was going to ask you about that. I see you on Twitter all the time. Um, I've actually looked up the band Fish on Spotify just because of how many shows you're going to. So while while we got you here, so so uh, Wild Tuna is Wicked show. Tuna. Wicked Tuna. It just sounds like one of those those packs of like tuna that you see at dollar stores where they have like the spicy flavor. That's <laughs> no man, it's a it's a it's it's a bluefin tuna catching competition. It's just it's five boats and they they sit there and they they fish the entire time and then they bring them in and then you like they they check out the uh, the quality of the fish and they get paid by the guy and whichever boat at the end of the season has made the most money wins but i mean they're just you know the characters are all just they're they're good characters they're real people so i just kind of i dig that aspect of it even though i you know i don't fish on a regular basis it's just i don't know there's something about the show i really dig good reality tuna show yes all right exactly so you checked it out so with fish so when's the next time you're going to a live show um i don't know i don't know i'm surprised they just announced their New Year's run at Madison Square Garden again. I usually go back for that, but I don't know. My wife wants to stay uh, local for New Year's this year, so I don't know. I, I think uh, it probably is not looking like I'm going to end up seeing a show until their uh, their spring tour of next year. How much weed do you consume at these shows? Uh, a substantial amount. Hell yeah. Got him. All right. <laughs> well, he does live in California. All right, cool. So, yeah. All right. So well, listen, I, I listen. I never, I never. That's something I never hide, man. Listen, I've never been a uh, an anti weed person, and I think that people who are anti weed just don't really understand it. You know, they just never, it's never got that it. stigma. But I mean, it's so mainstream now. It's like now you actually really need a good backdoor guy to like grow his own because all this like commercialized weed that the government's controlling sucks in comparison. Like you Crazy go to a dispensary stuff. and it's like. Like Are you trash. excited for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot? <laughs> Believe it or not, pro no. <laughs> Damn, I went to movies, man. They were filming that in New Orleans in Metairie, and they had a movies in Metairie. I was super pumped. I thought, yeah. I thought, you, were, I thought you were a Jay and Silent Bob guy. 
Ah, uh, you know, I mean, it's it was it was funny the first two times. I liked him in the movie Dogma when they had that appearance yeah. in, in the movie Dogma. That was good, <laughs> but then all of a sudden there's like the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and whatever, and then it's just kind of you know, it, it gets Jason crazy. Jason Muse gets a little old, right? Yeah, he's definitely he definitely <laughs> looks a little old real fast right now too. But well, that's yeah. what a lifetime of you know drugs and alcohol do to you. Heavy stuff. So, what's one fish song that everyone needs to listen to? One fish song that everybody needs to listen to. What's your favorite fish song? All timer. Slave to the traffic light. Slave to the traffic light. All right. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna find jam. the July the the July fourth, nineteen ninety nine version of Slave <laughs> to the Traffic Light. All right. Howard. Always amazing having you on the show. Thanks for being a friend of the pod. And um, where can everybody follow you at? Follow me on t- God help me, but follow me on Twitter. <laughs> you should at, say don't follow. Don't follow me on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> at Roto Buzz Guy. Uh, I'm all over on uh, Fantasy Alarm. You can email me at Howard at FantasyAlarm.com. Um, you can uh, read all my stuff over there. You can read some of my stuff in the New York Post. Uh, every Saturday and Sunday, you can hear me on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Epic. Oh, no, it's 11 p.m. now. Jeez, man. Oh, time yeah, change. Got, yeah, an hour. So it's 11 on Sundays now. 11 on Sundays. Catch me on the Fantasy Alarm podcast. Listen, I'm everywhere. You guys, I'm I'm easily accessible. Howard Bender, nationwide. Kill me. Wide, wide. Prestige. (laughs) (laughs) Howard, we love the shit out of you, man. Thanks so much for being on. Oh, guys, thanks so much for having me, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Howard. Hose forever. (laughs) (laughs) And the clock. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock, too. Oh, yeah. Always good times when when Howard comes on the show. Big shout out to Howard, and again, y'all heard where the listen to the man. He's on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, uh, the Fantasy Alarm Show. Uh, it's where I first heard Howard, by the way, too. And just reminiscing back to first episode that we did, um, you know, big big main reason why I got into this industry was because of all of the car rides that I had just listening to XM Fantasy Sports Radio, all the big hosts. And uh, Howard was one of the ones I listened to a lot. Scott Engel, which I'm working with now at Roto Baller, which is surreal. Um, he's another guy that, like, literally, like, before I got big into fantasy and was able to, like, make my own choices, like, I was literally reading, like, Scott and Howard's rankings, like, all the time. It's in- it's incredible. And, like, now you, you take a-, a page from the – from the masters and, and you start noticing shit on your own and doing it. And, and here we are doing garage guys, fancy sports podcast. And now you're listening to Drew Dane. Yeah. And Drew's on the show. <laughs> it's awesome. I man. Get, yeah. I, I can't get sentimental, you know, what, in there for the first episode but I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the 100th episode no you're here now and like that's the thing and like all the listeners out there that, that have stuck around and that have been here since day one like y'all are the real mvps like the original garage fam and and right now you're listening to this i want you to just get on twitter and just shoot up hashtag garage fam with my with my almost iconic emoji that i pretty much think that i've claimed now which is the uh the rock on emoji, as I like to call it, you know, with the fingers up and the thumb out. Um, 
you just hit 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 us with that at ggfs podcast hashtag garage fam rock on emoji love you guys but no drew you, it's 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 amazing having like and for those of you that that didn't get to listen to the first episode with drew the way that me and drew met was just so coincidental and how the relationship developed and, and now we're doing the show together we're both hosting this thing and and it's just everything is taking an amazing step in the right direction and I'm so glad that the Garage Fam is being able to be along with us and you guys that are supporting us on the Patreon page. Um, you guys that are listening to our show every week, telling all of your friends and family about us. Like, it's just big, big thanks. And this is why we do this and we do it for you. And if you're not telling your friends and family, then you should probably start now because, uh, because that, that's, that's what you should do. So, you know, you should tell everybody because we love you. And we want to be able to give this awesome show to everyone's ear holes. For sure. And one specific shout out, I had somebody uh, from our Patreon page reach out that I've been kind of working with. One of the luxuries of having a group on, uh, on the Patreon page. And he had been talking about DFS tournament selection, you know, which, which game should he be playing? And um, I've been working with him on picking the 50-50s and putting 80% of his money towards that. Instead of the cash, instead of playing tournaments, trying to go for that big prize, go for something manageable and work within your bankroll. And he's been doing that, and he sent me a screenshot and um, had a great week this past week. So it's really rewarding to see somebody take some good advice and stop going for stop going for that unreal, unrealistic prize of ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars, and just work on becoming a better fantasy player and, and doubling your money each week. So it's really rewarding. Fuck yeah, dude. It's all about building that bankroll. And, and for those of you that, that are subscribed, y'all see the hard work that Drew puts in. And the, the winners, I got to get my, uh, my, my Jersey accent. The, the winners, all the winners that, that are being attempted. <laughs> yeah, you should try. You should try though. Drew's attempt at a Jersey accent. The winners. The win- that, see, it wasn't that bad, actually. It's pretty good. Really? Yeah, it was pretty good. I like, you should do it more. We should do a segment. You'll, you'll be the Jer- Jersey Dean. But uh, <laughs> we'll just keep winning money. Jersey Mike's subs. Okay. Subs. You ever you ever had? I didn't know Jersey Mike's was a. I didn't until I moved to Nashville, and I've actually I'm actually a fan. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still but it's not Jimmy any. John's train. It's not any better than Jimmy John's. That's what I was about to say because I had Jimmy John's in the Mississippi, Louisiana area, and right. um, Jersey Mike's is very similar to me. Yeah, it's basically Jimmy John's with a different name, and they have gluten free bread. Cut the check, Jersey Mike's. Okay, so we just did our Jersey Mike's plug since we're now sponsored by Jersey Mike's. Um, not really sponsored by Jersey Mike's, <laughs> but yeah. But you get Maybe the gist. Yeah, who knows? But um, but yeah, we just, just thank you guys. Just thank y'all so much. It is so fucking crazy that that we're here and we're at a hundred. Um, loving every minute of it. But enough, enough of the emotional sappy bullshit. Let's get back to the show. So we did have a voicemail that came through. And it's from one of our favorite, favorite people. Uh, Booty Boy is off his hiatus, and he's back on the hotline. Let's see what Booty Boy had to say. What's up, Garage guys? It's the Booty Boy. Dudes, let's get into this Antonio Brown Twitter fiasco. What you think about it? Also, happy 100th episode, guys. Keep tickling sphincters. <laughs> tickling sphincters. We will do that just for you, Booty Boy. We'll we'll tickle the world sphincter. 
I love his intros, man. When he comes in with the booty boy, just right off the bat, I love like booty it. boy. <laughs> Gotta love the booty boy. But yeah, bo- booty boy. Let, let's talk about this briefly, real quick, before we get into this Sunday slate. I'm over Antonio Brown, honestly. Like I've I've unfollowed him on Twitter. I have no interest whatsoever. But just for you, I went back to Antonio's Twitter today, and I did see earlier where it was trending that he was having some beef with Eric Weddle. So this was 14 hours ago. Um, I'm still the best. Why stop now? Will Noonan tweeted, bro, let's try and play for four NFL teams this year. He said big 4X. And then he also came back after that and said, the game need me. I'm like test answers. Then he says, no more Nikes. And then 11 hours ago, he says, next week, I'm going to practice at every high school. One day of week, starting in Miami, send school info now. I honestly think he should probably go to class while he's there, um, especially grammar school. um, And then the big thing was is he started getting into beef with Golden Tate and Eric Weddle. Um, Did you see any of this, by the way, Drew? Yeah, so I'm still following him, and I think since – he was. I was following the Patriots news. I had him on my um, notifications. So this stuff started coming through to my phone today and immediately just looked desperate. That's my first thought. He looks desperate trying to talk to active players in the league that still have teammates that still are out there trying to win a Super Bowl, and the guy clearly can't can't get his head straight. So just just came off as desperate to me. What about you? I, I don't – like, I – it's, like, it's hard for me to even make comedy about it at this point because, like, it's just fucking sad. It really is sad. Like, because this dude is literally, like, the mind of, like, a, an 11-year-old in a grown man's body. Golden Tate said, like, what to the, to the tweet where he said, the game need me, I'm like, test answers. He says, you don't listen to that Lil Wayne squat up clearly over your head. What does that mean? And then Golden Tate said, nah, I definitely listened to it. Glad you clarified that, though. He says, Sports Illustrated reporter who got assault on his record will probably say A.B. thinks the game needs him. Then 50 analysis will sprinkle salt. And then Eric Weddle responded to Golden Tate's tweet that said, "Def don't. So Eric Weddle was coming out, like coming out hot. He was ready for it. Like maybe Eric Weddle is having some issues because he had that bloody head on week one. So, uh, Fantasy Fred says, Weddle, I fuck with you, bro, but you can't guard AB84 over the top, our man. He says, don't need to, isn't on a team. So, that was, that was, yeah. that, was pretty, that was pretty good. Drop the mic. Yeah, so AB comes back to that and says, you need some attention, little man. Glad I put that stuff arm in your neck in Pittsburgh. You deserved it, little Weddle. Little Weedle, I'm sorry. Called him a Pokemon, bro. Um <laughs> And uh, and then Don Kleeman said something about he's going after the Rams safety, Eric Weddle. He said, you peep. Eric Weddle said, ha-ha, A.B., when are you going to learn that it isn't about you? Never was, never will be. Got a game to get ready for. Good luck, my guy. He said, bro, I don't even know you don't call me, A.B. That's my NFL name, dummy. I'm not on your team, never been. Shut your mouth, jabroni. So he hit him like, – AB hitting somebody with a jabroni is pretty cool. I'm a big Sonny fan. So maybe he watches <laughs> It's Always Sonny and Phil. I should probably, yeah, I'm going to comment and be like, do you watch Sonny? Here we go. Live tweeting right now. Do you watch Sonny? 
and we'll see if he missed. He'll probably answer because he doesn't. He has a lot of time on his hands these days. Yeah, he, he sure does. Um, Eric says, you're not making any sense, bud. Glad you're not on my team. Call yourself whatever you want. Doesn't matter one bit. Good luck and CMU, my bro. He said, keep you luck, duck. Listen oh to your team. Stay focused on your opponent, not AB. AB is the brand. This motherfucker's Yoda now. AB is the brand, not the individual. Individual. I don't even know. I'm I'm over this guy, man. I question spelling when I read his shit. I question if if my spelling's correct. Clearly an AB fan even know about education. Oh, really? And then he just says some things will never change, and it's just a picture of him fucking face planning on Eric Weddle. So. Does he ever play in the NFL? That's the only thing I'll ask, and then we can move on. The only reason we're talking about Antonio Brown is for our fa- one of our favorites, Booty Boy. Yeah, it got to be for Booty Boy. It's the only reason we brought him back up. But, dude, no, I'm uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've been nervous about dropping him in one of my leagues just because I just have this feeling that, like, just out of the blue in, like, the next few weeks, he's going to just pop up on a team. Just because he's so all over the place, dude. He's so all over the place. I mean, Miami. Yeah, I Miami would be stupid not to give him a shot. They're tanking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Seventy sixer style. If but but if they wanted to be a real NFL team and and not be a, a cop out, then they should they should. Somebody could definitely sign him, but it's just it's at the point now they, that everyone's going to wait for the legal stuff to, to to finish out. So yeah, so I have to come to grips with myself at this. I'm dropping Antonio Brown. It's Watch nice. him sign somewhere tomorrow, and you're like cussing me out. No, I mean it's the truth, man. Because like, even if you have him, it's just like, do you want to deal with the headache? Because like, it's only a matter of time before some of this shit happens again. Yeah, just drop him on principle. Yeah, basically, on principle like, of like, hey, you don't want that a part of your team. Kind of the same thing with people before the the season even started with Tyree Kill, and then I was just kind of like, okay, well, there's, you know, I'm I'm gonna draft Tyree Kill, like, <laughs> like you know. Like, yeah, yeah. And that nothing was proven. Every, they, I, there was all kinds of different sides of that story. But this is a completely different story. This is just like publicly fucking himself. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. He's like, been he, deleting a lot of tweets lately. Like right mm-hmm. when the Patriots cut him, he had a lot of thank yous to the Patriots. And then he, and then he started calling out Shannon Sharp and Robert Kraft. Oh, I saw all those um, tweets. Yeah, he deleted all yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, His agent was stuff. probably he's, like, "Hey, you're 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 about to really fuck yourself bad because like you know Robert Kraft's not going to cut him no check at this point. Like he's probably like, fuck this guy. Like that's like one person I would never want to piss off. Like I feel like Robert Kraft has ties to the mafia. Probably so. Yeah, he just looks like I mean anybody that wears a suit like that with like a pair of fucking like like tennis shoes, like you know that that motherfucker ain't to be fucked with. Like that dude's like ready like interchangeable attire like." The tailgate and the fucking and the sweet box. You know what I mean? Right. He's got it all. The red and the blue and the white Nike Air Force Ones. You remember those when he had that blue suit on? Oh, man. Fucking old men in fucking stylish sneakers. Like, that's another level of shit. Robert Kraft has that. Getting a rub and tug. Yep, getting the rub and tug. Fucking, what was AB? I don't even remember what AB's actual thing was. Oh, different strokes for different folks. There you go. Yeah, that was that was pretty. That was pretty, that was pretty yeah. clever. His agent yeah. probably came up with that one, though. I don't think. He yeah, shit like that. On his What's own. funny though is obviously Antonio Brown can't listen to anybody because he goes on these like Twitter rants, and then later he goes and deletes them. So he's not listening to the advice he's getting. No, and it just makes him just like it's just shitty, man. Like, just don't. 
I don't, I don't know, man. It's like for so long he was out of the he was out of the media like that. Like he was never a personality. He was just a guy that could play football really good. And then he got that deal, and he just like woke up one day and said, "You know what? It's time for me to be Terrell Owens on steroids." And that's what happened. I'm done with him. Done with it too. Over. Uh, Booty boy, we love you. Thanks. Thanks again. Yeah, now we need Crazy Earl back. We got a good rivalry yeah. going. Where you at, Crazy Earl? You listening? And anybody else that wants to call in the hotline, you can call us. Call the best time to call is on Thursdays and Sundays. The number to call is nine two nine four three zero GGFS. And if you don't know letters, that's four four three seven. So nine two nine four three zero four four three seven. Call in. Leave a message. Ask us who to look at for the waiver wire. Ask us your trade questions. Ask us uh, – tell us how your day was. Tell us if you got your ass kicked. If you won, brag about it to your friends. Who cares? Call in. You'll be on the show. Bring yeah. up a Netflix show. Yeah, bring up a Netflix show. Talk about anything. Uh, literally, anything and everything you can think of. Call in anytime during the week. Best time to call, Thursdays and Sundays. So, 929-430-GGFS. Let's get ready for the week four Sunday slate. So, Titans at Falcons. Derrick Henry must start. Don't really care about anybody else on the Titans offense. And then this has got to be where we see Devonta Freeman get something going. Is it? Yeah, this is a – I agree with you on Tennessee side. So, Derrick Henry or stay away. Um, maybe a sprinkle of Adam Humphreys if you want like a really safe value play on on, on DraftKings. And then I think this is a really big uh, get-right spot for the Atlanta Falcons offense, specifically Devontae Freeman. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's something's got to give with him. I, I know people right now are going nuts about him and his production. So it's like I, I think that I, I'm comfortable saying like if he can't get nothing going this week, like – he, it may be time to look at maybe making some trades. But, yeah, Falcon side, I like him. And then I'm going to go ahead and, and say that you know Julio gets a touchdown here. And then Austin Hooper is another guy to be watching. So, you know, we've talked about him a little bit this year, but, like, he, he did really well last week, man. Two touchdowns. Like, he's, he's trying to, like, fit himself into this tight end scheme, like in this tight end fantasy world. And – this might actually be the year where, like, he – I mean, he's been kind of relevant, like, as, like, a back-end guy. But I think that we're finally starting to see him kind of come into his own. And I think that this Titans defense will be another good uh, outlet for him to, to shine and do well. I know especially PPR. Touchdowns, they could happen. But, I mean, you got you to already know that Julio is going to be double-covered. So, I mean, that opens the floor for Calvin Ridley, but – I like Devonta Freeman. I think that if, if he doesn't if he doesn't make it this week, then I'm I'm pretty much done with him. And then Austin Hooper on that Falcon side of the ball. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on Calvin Ridley as a tournament play. Uh, he's somebody that's written up on the uh, Patreon cheat sheet. So spoiler alert. Um, we're gonna see I, a week I, four repeat. Man, I just I feel like the game's coming where we're gonna see Calvin Ridley get in the end zone a few times, and might be this one, might be in a few weeks, but Tennessee. Their secondary is hit or miss. If it's not Julio, it's going to be Hooper or Ridley. So right, and I think I think it was. I might be mistaken on this, so don't hold me to it. But I think it was Week Four last year that the Falcons played the Saints, and Calvin Ridley had like that forty-point game. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was Week Four, but 
Um, it might not be week four, but if I, if I remember correctly, I th- I'm pretty sure it was week four. Maybe not. Don't really know. You got a good memory. Yeah, trying, trying to. Somebody, somebody hit us up on Twitter and let us know if that's correct. Next game, Redskins at Giants. Super excited about this game. Um, unlike Howard's comments about Danny Dimes, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about Danny Dimes because I own Danny Dimes now. So Daniel Jones against this Redskins defense, like I said last week, for him to do what he did to a, a, a not that great but a not bad defense, I cannot wait to watch him go off against this Redskins team. And, and your guy, Corey Latimer, you asked a question about, so I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be pretty high on him on the Giants' side of the ball. I just don't know what their rotation is going to be like in the receiver position, but I think he's the most talented of the, boot, of the, of the group behind Sterling Shepard. So I don't know. I mean, obviously you have Evan Ingram there too as a tight end, but it's going to be a very interesting game for offense and for DFS. Right, another learning because because you know Daniel Jones is probably going to be owned a lot higher this week. He will be, and interesting. I don't know if you know this, Chase, but the Redskins game where the Redskins game last week was on Monday night, right. so all the salary was already released for for Week Four. So Terry McLaurin's four point four point five k, and, and mm. super super cheap for somebody that's producing the way he is. I, you know, I, he's definitely producing. Don't get me wrong. And like I said, I call the guy Scary Terry. I feel like an idiot because I drafted him as my last pick in the GGFS Pro League this year. He you dropped my, him, didn't you? And I dropped him the first week when I found out that they weren't going to go all in with Dwayne Haskins because I felt like, I felt like if I got Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins was starting, it was a sure bet that this duo was going to shine. And when I found out that they were going to be putting Case Keenum all in, I was like, well, I don't think this guy – it's probably going to be more Paul Richardson or Jordan Reed. And right. so I was wrong about that. Should have, should have held on to the guy, but it is what it is at this point. He is definitely a playmaker. All but, the guys on the Redskins side are cheap, by the way. Very cheap, and, of course. Yeah. And these defenses are awful. So you're getting cheap plays against awful defenses. So it's going to be a game where you see some ownership. My favorite play this week – is probably going to have to be Trey Quinn. For some reason, my gut's just pointing me in his direction. Um, Minimum price, 3000 Yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be a week where we're going to see some Trey Quinn action. It, he's going up against the Giants defense. We've seen Terry McLaurin. Um, I feel like everybody's going to be trending in that direction with him. And, and any time that kind of stuff happens, it, I automatically want to go to another player. Because I feel like I'm – and that might be, like, a bad thing about me. I don't really know. But, like, when, when somebody like that just kind of blows up, I, I feel like there's going to be the ups and the downs. And for this to be a week with the Redskins – and what, what's funny is, is, dude, after the brutal embarrassment that they went through on Monday, they, they might even could win this game, possibly. I mean, if they, if they don't win this game, obviously we know that Jay Gruden's probably gone. But it's a toss-up, dude. These are, these are two, like – pretty bad teams Daniel Jones is the new exciting thing about it Terry McLaurin's the exciting things on the Redskins side of the ball you really don't know this thing could come down to the wire this could be one of the most exciting games for all we fucking know but, I agree I agree with you I think going to Quinn's a, is a smart move I'm gonna have McLaurin in some places but I'm gonna look at Paul Richardson and Quinn as pivots off the off of McLaurin. Yeah, I mean Case Keenum's still hitting Richardson too. I mean, I think he got a touchdown. Um, or he missed a touchdown last week, but he got one the week before. 
but yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a fun one to watch for sure. It's going to be some some bad football, but I, I think that we're going to see some good bit of scoring in this one just because of, of the strengths of both teams. Um, it's not too lopsided. Chargers at the Dolphins. Here's a lopsided one. So let's go ahead and talk about the big news. Melvin Gordon is coming back. Austin Eckler owners, sorry. Your days are numbered. I personally have no doubt in my mind that Melvin Gordon's going to slide right back into that shit. This makes me not want to play any of the Chargers running backs for a while until we see how it plays out. But I expect Melvin Gordon will eventually be getting the the bulk of the carries and Austin Eckler will be the third down back. That's what's going to happen. I want to stay away from this game. It's a tough one because your your thoughts are, hey, if you if you play these guys and it's lopsided early, you might see them take the the their foot off the gas. On the other on the other side of the argument, we've seen people blow out the Dolphins and be on the on the optimal fantasy team. You know, I can't. Who was it? Week one that scored like forty five points against the Dolphins. It was a uh, Hollywood Brown, Lamar Jackson. So you had to have those guys if you wanted the best lineup. Right. Dude, one of these weeks, like this, this is a tale as old as time, dude. There will be that one fluke week where the Dolphins win a game and they come to play and they play hard. You calling it? You calling it this week? I think this could be that game. I really do. Melvin's coming back in. Things are going to be looking a little different. Um, like I said, they, the Dolphins beat the Bears last year, dude. Like, they beat the number one defense in the league. Like, it's not impossible. And this Chargers team is just like – to me, the Chargers have always just been kind of mediocre. And, like, I mean, they, they have good games. Don't get me wrong. They have good players. Don't get me wrong. But, like, they're just like they, – there's nothing flashy about them for them being a fucking team with a damn lightning bolt. Like, to me, there's just nothing that, that really flashy about them. And this Dolphins team is going to get fed up. They, they, they already know what they are. And, I'm, I mean, I don't care what you say about tank season, any of that. These players, are, they still have competitive hearts. They still have competitive minds. They don't want to lose games. They want to win games. They want to feel good about what they're doing. It's only a matter of time before it happens. And I think that this could be that week. They're at home. They, they just got beat by the Cowboys. They look better than they did the, the weeks before, if you didn't notice that. They look yep. better on the they road better. Dallas. Preston Williams is a guy that I like in DFS this week, and he looks like he's, he's – right now he's the most targeted wide receiver on the Dolphins team. I actually picked up Preston Williams off the waiver wire this week, and I have him in two leagues, and I'm probably going to play him. I, I can only imagine that uh, Hayward's going to be covering um, Devonta Parker. So I think that Williams could be a good play. But, yeah, I, I just – I don't know. Like, I'm – I could see it being a close game. I thought about that this week. They've been getting blown out. It's only a matter of time for – If it's going to happen to any team, it's going to happen to the Chargers. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, I just it, – It might happen, man. It might happen. But just – I want to be clear of one thing is you fire up the Austin Eckler one more week because Melvin Gordon can't play this week. So, if you, right. if you have Eckler – in season long, or you want to play him in DFS, don't hold back. We got one more week of the Eckler show, and then I think he's eligible to play week five. And then back to Melvin. So all you guys that stashed him and waited patiently, here's your reward. It paid off. Raiders at Colts. I'm going to let you take the floor on this one going in. 
because because you've been you've been hot on the uh, on the Jacoby Brissett train. Yeah, I've been riding the Colts on the um, on the betting market pretty much the entire year. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do that this week or not, but my main target for this game is actually Marlon Mack. I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's a good value for his price. Um, we should see a positive game script for him, meaning that I think they're going to get ahead of the Raiders early and then they're going to need to run the ball. So where's your thoughts? So with the Raiders team, like obviously I've been seeing some reports that came out this past week. Um, I think the Raiders let go of a player and, and I saw an alert that was on sleeper actually. Yeah. Ryan Grant there's used to be their starting receiver. They released him. Right, and, and you see the Patriots are already all over that. I'm sure you saw that. <laughs> yeah, um, so you're, you're about to say Hunter Renfro, aren't you? Yeah, um, Hunter Renfro. I've been waiting, and he's going to have his game. He's going to have his game. I thought his game was going to be Kansas City. I'm going to go ahead and plug him in this week. I, uh, I like Hunter Renfro. I've liked Hunter Renfro from the jump. He's been my guy. I went after him in Dynasty. I've got him in some redraft. His week's coming, and I think that this is going to be a good matchup for it. Tyrell Williams, everyone's got the tape on him. We're four weeks in. Um, this Colts team obviously isn't just laying down with all the changes, and they're at home. Um, and I think their defense is going to be all over Tyrell Williams this week. I, I don't have any doubt about that. I think this could be another good week for Josh Jacobs. But I like Hunter Renfro on the road. I'm rolling with that. Colts side of the ball. I haven't done as much research on their side of the ball as you have. That's why I wanted you to take the floor on them, honestly. So I'll be real. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, Man, Jacoby, Jacoby I want to see that surprised me. He did. He really surprised me last week. I, I didn't. Everybody was talking about that he was going to be a great play. I didn't really really think so. I didn't really think that it could happen, but it fucking happened. And so I will be the first to say I was wrong. And Jacoby Brissett actually can play fucking football. Yeah, if you turn on the game and just watch him, he, he passes the eye test. He's confident. He has good pocket presence. He goes through his progressions. There's a lot to like. I just don't you think learned that from Bill? Tom the Goat. Yeah, Bill and Tom. Tom the Goat. He actually looks way better than Garoppolo so far this season. I know Garoppolo is undefeated, but in terms of what you want to see from your QB, the 49ers are out there just pounding the tater on people. Pounding the tater? <laughs> Just like cutting up just pounding French tater, running the ball, playing good defense, old school, and then just letting Jimmy G throw that play action. Yeah, tell so. and Telvin's coming back. Telvin Coleman, uh, Tevin Coleman's coming back too, I believe. Um, they got a bye week this week, so the bye weeks have started. Yeah, that's crazy. Shit. Bye weeks are here. Fuck, Jets and Forty uh, ers are the ones I can think off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, bye weeks are. It's insane that we're already here. This season is just rolling, dude, and it's only going to get worse. Moving to the next game, Panthers at Texans. So I'm excited to see if Kyle – I feel like this is going to be where we get the real Kyle Allen test. This is a tougher defense going into their house. We only, we've only seen him against Arizona, so this is going to be a little bit more of a test. I, there's no, no doubt that we're going to start Christian McCaffrey here. But, dude, he, he can sling that rock to anybody, man. It's it's kind of a it's I didn't really see like a, a preference. I mean, him and Greg Olson have a really good connection, obviously. Cause that was their highest scoring receiver, I believe. So Yeah, he gave it to everybody though. I he think did. he did. He spread it around. What, four touchdowns to go around? So Olson yeah. had two, Moore had one, and Samuel had one. Is that right? 
right? So, I mean, if you're just going off that, but also remember the Cardinals are horrible at covering tight ends. And so the Texans, they're going to be a lot better at that. So there's going to be a lot better coverage this week. I feel like we're really going to get to see if Kyle Allen's the truth or not. This is where we're going to go into that and we're going to get that out of him. So, um, you know, buyer beware, people that picked them off the waiver wire, beware. And uh, just keep your fingers crossed. But uh, I'm all in on CMC. And I'm not going to lie, I'm starting Greg Olson um, in the flex in one of my leagues. So I have, I have two tight ends I'm playing this week in one of my leagues. So I'm playing Will Disley and uh, Will Disley against the Cardinals, and we'll get to that game. And I'm playing Greg Olson against the Texans. Texans side of the ball. I'm gonna. What what'd you think about Aiken? They're, they're tight end. He's one of those guys, you know, just popped up, had a couple touchdowns. We see this with tight ends all the time. You, you know, you don't want to chase points, but he's as good as anybody else in the waiver. Tight ends are tough, man. You have a few that are really good. You have a few that are okay, and then the rest of it, the rest of it's just a crapshoot. So it's going to be nice. Stick with the safe play Hopkins and DFS. And then out of the running backs, I'm leaning more Carlos Hyde this week. I'm staying away from the running backs there. I think we're going to have that big D hop game. Though. I think that's coming. Mm-hmm. Got to. All right. Chiefs at the Lions. So the Chiefs are going into Detroit. I think it's safe to say for me and you both, Drew, the Chiefs just just fire up Patrick Mahomes and, and fire up those receivers and fire up your Shady McCoy because Damian Williams is out again. Yep. I think we're going to eventually have that Kelsey game that we – it seems like we haven't had that yet. At this point, man, it's just been wild. Like, it's just like, – like we talk about all the time, it's like Patrick Mahomes is that standalone quarterback you need. Like, you just don't really know where it's going to go to. So, it's like you might as well just play them all because you know that they're probably going to get some production. Um, but I will say this about the Lions. So, obviously, we are, you already heard when we were talking with Howard that I let go of Stafford, uh, picked up Daniel Jones, called me crazy, whatever the fuck you want. I, I think that carry-on is going to have a great game. I think that the carry-on's production is really about to start amping up, and I think that that's going to cause Matthew Stafford to make more sh- – short passes it's going to be more quicker because if they're running that ball and he gets he gets like out there in that open like I think he's going to be able to run over this Chiefs team dude I just I see it and I think that this is just going to make it Matthew Stafford's job easy there's not going to be them long bombs it's going to be a lot of just like dump off quick passes in the red zone I, I I can go ahead and tell you now like Stafford will throw some touchdowns so but as far as like him just racking up those big yards like I just don't see it happening here like everybody else does yeah, I just like the whole offense, man. And I think it's a good week to fire up all of them. They're gonna have to keep. They're gonna have. We know the Chiefs are gonna score points, so I think it's a good week for for Carry On to improve his yards per carry. Um, and I think it's a really good week to fire up the the passing attack with Stafford and you know Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. I'm all aboard the Lions offense this week. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we saw last week. What what was crazy to me was is we saw Lamar Jackson go completely ape shit. We talked about how bad this Chiefs defense was, and he only got around twenty fantasy points when everybody was expecting him to get like thirty, like Mahomes numbers. So I mean, I'm not not saying that that Lamar is is comparable to Stafford by any means. Um, I mean, there's a lot of differences there, but I just I, I don't I don't see what everybody else is seeing. I guess, and maybe I'm fucking nuts. Who knows? I am nuts, by the way. Most of so. <laughs> Speaking of Lamar, let's talk about uh, Browns at the Ravens. So the, the, the new Browns are playing the old Browns. In case anyone didn't know that, the Ravens are basically the old Browns. Uh, they moved and relocated out of Cleveland, went to Baltimore, and the Browns came back. Did you, were you aware of that? 
I feel like I was, but it's been a long time since I've talked about it. So we were like wow. three when that happened, I think. Yeah. Or maybe younger. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I uh man, everybody's been been bashing on Baker, dude. And it's it's like you know, we even in the title of, of this past show that we did, I even said that like Baker went to Browntown because I mean he has been, dude. He's just not been the Baker Mayfield that we thought we were gonna see. Um, so it's discouraging, and it's even more discouraging going into Baltimore against that Ravens defense, which is good. Um, so, I mean, I'm nervous. I mean, the only the only person that I, that I could say maybe go with is like, you know, Chubb is a comfortable play. Obviously, you're playing him if you've got him. Uh, may, maybe it's going to be more of um, OBJ should still do what he, what he does. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, he's hard to cover as it is, no matter how good a defense is. But it's just tough for me right now, man. It's tough for me to, to be able to make those calls with the Browns just because, like, I don't, I don't really know myself. I don't really know how I feel about myself. I just know I don't feel good about it this week against the Ravens. Um, yeah. The next four games for the Browns, real quick, let me tell you this. Ravens, 49ers, Seahawks, Patriots. It's, it's possible they could lose all four of these games. It's worrisome, dude. Like, like, for a team that had so much fucking hype, it's just like they fucking folded, and it sucks. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see him do well, but, uh, they're going to unravel, man. They're going to unravel like the, the media quotes we're going to get. If they lose the next four games, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be some rough shit. I, I got to say though, dude, with the Ravens offense, man, the Browns defense is not bad. They're really not bad. Um, but I just think that Lamar is just going to fucking feed off of the fucking like vibes. And he's just going to be like, okay, this is the divisional game. We're about to have fun. I'm going to show you that I'm better than you. I think we could see Lamar Jackson to run the fucking ball like crazy on Sunday. Like that's what I think running Lamar is coming. Like, like fucking just flight man. Lamar Jackson is coming out this Sunday. So you're more of the Lamar Jackson than the, than the uh, Mark Ingram this week, huh? I, I think it's going to be more. I don't think Ingram's going to be able to, to, to repeat what he did last week. No, um, I think that this is going to be the Lamar show. Lamar is going to run that fucking ball. He wants to take a huge shit all over the Browns. He wants to brown the Browns. This is the divisional game. This is going to be a statement game in his mind, and that's what's going to happen. He's going to brown the Browns. Lamar Jackson will brown the Browns. Start Lamar Jackson in DFS this week. So this is going to be a fun game right here. This is, uh, there's going to be a lot of dildos thrown, um, a lot of tables broken, this is like the Super Bowl. It's Bill, gonna be Bill's Mafia. Yes, Bills Mafia Super Bowl is going down, and I don't understand why it's a fucking noon game. It should be an afternoon. This should be a prime time game. I want this game in prime time. The undefeated Bills go up against the undefeated Patriots. One team's got to win, and I'm pulling for them Billies, boy. I'm pulling <laughs> for them Billies. I'm sorry, Drew. I know, I know you're all about them Pats, but dude. I'm firing up some Dawson Knox this week. I feel like Knox is is after last game, like he's gonna become a part of this offense now. Um, they're ready to to work that rookie tight end there, um, and then I am all aboard John Brown train, John Brown train, Josh Allen train, Dawson Knox train. You're not worried about the Patriots defense. Mm-mm. 
Nope, because when you have a fucking shitload of dildos thrown at you, you can't see good. <laughs> so you're gonna do well. You're gonna you're gonna be fine. But no, that's oh, man. If we're being realistic, like that that's the three guys I'm comfortable starting on the Bill side of the ball. I don't know if personally if they can win this game, but I hope to God they do. Um Patriots are just gonna I have a weird feeling, man. I have a weird feeling that they're gonna do it. Dude, they need to. This would dude, if the Bills won this game, their people will die. There will be people die in Buffalo. Like literally, there you will see it on the news. Like somebody would be like, they died in celebration. They died of alcohol poison. Somebody jumped off of a fucking skyscraper or the Capitol building or the the fucking city hall trying to break a table and they died. Like they're not gonna know yeah. what to do if they beat the Patriots, bro. They are not gonna know what to do. And like I'm I'm concerned about Bill's Mafia because I feel like they need to maybe have like a they need to have like a uh, like a conference about this, like the whole town. They need to call like a, a town meeting to like think of like a um, emergency plan in case they win. Because it's gonna be like if they win this game, it's gonna be like Philadelphia when Philadelphia won the Super Bowl times ten. I agree with you. It's literally – I can't remember a bigger game. Um, I'm torn on if it's going to be high scoring or if it's going to be a defensive struggle. I'm kind of leaning towards a defensive struggle. I think that both teams are going to be settling for a lot of a lot of field goals, which means I kind of want to stay away in terms of fantasy. But you know me, Chase. I've been big on Josh Allen. So just because I'm a Patriots fan doesn't mean I won't be unbiased. And if he somehow wins this game, it's just going to be a, a career-defining win for him and for the Bills. Right. Um, I I, I want to see it. I would love to see it. I'm going to be watching the shit out of this game. But, yeah, the defensive – and I'm going to go ahead and say this. Tom Brady will throw an interception in this game. Tom Brady will throw an interception in this game. Probably. I like the slot. Yeah, and I, if there's anything I do like, it's the slot guys. I like Cole, Cole Beasley and I like Julian Edelman. If just uh, Usually when you see these type games where there's good defenses – a lot of people are settling for those five-yard out routes, those quick routes, to try to get the ball moving. So, if, if there's any receivers I'm targeting, it's those guys. I'm all in with you behind Edelman. So, I agree 100%. Um, and, and we might even get to, as much as I hate to say it with Sony, might see some sexy Rexy back there again, too. I think Dude, I James, love James White this week. Love yeah, James White. Is James yeah. White back? He's going to be back. He had the birth of his child last week. That's what it was. A- he had the birth of his child. Okay. Yeah, didn't know if he was coming back this week or not. If he was taking the full, you know, FMLA. Didn't no, know. no FMLA this time. Okay, just a, just a quick absence. But this game sets up perfectly for him when the Patriots can't establish a run. They always turn to the reliable James White. Right, so we'll pass see. catching running back over between the tackles running back. That's yep. basically what I was going. I didn't know if it was going to be Rex or him. So yeah, James White. I'm all in on that. Um, Bucks at Rams, the first of the evening games. Uh, I think the Bucks go back to shit mode, and the Rams are going to continue being um, undefeated. And this will be Robert Woods's big game. I'm actually 100% with you. I thought like we haven't seen Woods step up yet, and it seems to be kind of rotating between all these guys. But I've been reading a lot about Cooper Cup and how he's established himself as kind of the go-to guy there. So it would be appropriate if Robert Woods was – if it was his week. Right. Two two coops, one cup. Um, going to be <laughs> – going to be – yeah, he's he's going to be covered well. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think Robert Woods is going to have a day. Um, 
I, I'm I'm kind of over the running the running game there, man. I I don't really know what to think about or how to feel about it with Todd Gurley and, and Brown. Um, so it's just like I stay away, um, especially in DFS. You don't need to waste that much money on Todd Gurley. Um, and then the Buck side of the ball. I'm. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to for Peyton Barber to move aside and just let Rojo do his thing. Yeah, it's frustrating. I don't know if we're ever going to get that. I feel like they're going to be kind of switching out all year, which makes them kind of hard to play. Yeah, it's going to be tough. If anything, I think we go back to more of the Godwin side this week. Um, what to, Akib Talib should be on Mike Evans, um, and then. But it's fucking hard, man. That Rams defense, you got great cornerbacks. So, it's it's going to be tough. I'm, I might just avoid any Buccaneers players, to be honest. Might just avoid Bucs players. Yep, going to avoid Bucs players. <laughs> yep, avoiding them. That Rams team is just like, if there's one word that defines them to me, it's like they're a complete team. It's just a right. complete team across the board. You know what? You know what? I'm starting the Rams defense. Starting the Rams defense. Jameis Winston's going to throw some interceptions. Some biggins. He's gonna get nervous. It's this is in Los Angeles. It's happening. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I'm starting the Rams defense this week. Yep, that's my defensive play of the week. Um, Seahawks Cardinals. This will be a redemption game for the Seahawks because they just got their ass kicked by a defense that I love. Shout out to them Saints. Uh, Cardinals are gonna play, but not that great. Larry Fitzgerald is your go-to guy, like we discussed earlier in the show. I love Will Disley this week just because of how bad the Cardinals can't cover tight ends. So, and Will Disley has been being pretty solid past three weeks. So I think that that's going to continue. But be on the lookout. They are bringing a new tight end. Luke Wilson from Hard Knocks that was with the Raiders is back with the Seahawks. So this could be – the last week you see Disley get some good shit because when they start doing that in and out shit, it's going to be back to the rotation station. So get your, get your will Disley while you can. I'm good with everything you said on that game. I will say Christian Kirk is his targets are on the rise four in week one, six in week two, 10 in week three. So he's becoming a pretty reliable option for Kyler Murray, but both of these defenses kind of suck, man. Like Seattle's defense hasn't been impressive at all. Yeah, even with the addition of Clowney. So, I don't know. I mean, it could be a high-scoring game, man. Battle of the Birds. Got to love a good Battle of the Birds, dude. Vikings-Bears. Vikings is going into Soldier Field. Um, I want this to be the David Montgomery game. Uh, I think we can get some goal line touches for him as long as fucking Mike Davis doesn't seal him away. Please, God, let this be David Montgomery's week. Praying to you real hard. Please listen to me, God, if you're there. Listen, I hope I hope God is a David Montgomery fan because he hasn't been lately. Maybe I should send him a jersey or something. Do you have? Do you, do you know God's address? I do not know his address, but you can call Antonio Brown. He'll let you know. Probably, yeah. Do he calls him? No, no. He changed his number. Remember? Yeah. God knew phone who dissed him. That's right. Um, so can't call him. We'll figure it out though. But yeah, uh, Bears offense. I think we're going to see a little more of a struggle again. I don't think Trubisky's going to have quite the game he had against the Redskins. So don't be too uh, optimistic about that offense just yet. I think that the run game is going to continue to be established, and that's about the only thing I'm confident in on that Bears offense. Defensively, though, Kirk Cousins is about to have himself a bad time because I feel like this defense loves beating up on Kirk Cousins. 
So, I mean, they beat up on anybody they play, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot more fun watching them beat up Kirk Cousins just because he gets, like, fucking, like, scared face. You ever seen <laughs> Kirk Cousins' scared face? Yes, I've seen it. Oh, my God. Have you, seen the, have you seen the Kirk Cousins you like that, though? Yeah, I have seen that, though. I have seen that. I can't not against the Not against the Bears. No, not, not this week. Vikings, um, it's going to be a tough game for Dalvin Cook. I, I'm not too high on playing him just because of how good this Bears defense is against the run. Uh, I think this could be a Stephon Diggs game, though. Stephon, everybody's been freaking out about Stephon Diggs. People have been dropping Stephon Diggs. People were literally like, like talking about starting James Washington over, uh, over Stephon Diggs this week. And I mean, I get that like James Washington is playing the Bengals on Monday night, but it's like, it's Stephon Diggs. Like you drafted him pretty high. Like, like just ride him for a little bit longer. Like it's still week four. Like if it's like week six and like we still haven't seen anything out of him, it's fine. But you have to remember when you draft these Vikings wide receivers, it's either going to be the Adam Thielen show or the Diggs show. It's, it's rarely both. You rarely see both of them do well in one game. So that's just kind of the same thing with like the Patriots backfield. It's just something you got to live with. And that's what I've learned this year. So I like Diggs this week against this Bears defense. They're going to be more over Adam Thielen. It's just going to be a Diggs week. Uh, might even see some Kyle Rudolph in there too. So stay tuned. Yeah, I'm staying away from this game. I think it's going to be ugly. I don't like the either side of the ball. I will say for your sake, Chase, you'll be happy to hear this, that I like what I'm seeing from David Montgomery moving forward. Maybe not this week, but I think you're going to be pretty happy with where you're at in the upcoming weeks. One, one can only fucking hope. <laughs> um, Gardner Minshew against Joe Flacco. Gross. I'm a little concerned about Jaguars' offense just because I think the Broncos' defense is like gonna gonna do some shit. It's at Denver, um, right? Yeah, they're in Denver. Everyone's gonna be high. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? It might work out because I think Gardner Minshew is gonna thrive really well in like a really chill environment. So they, I think that they could beat the Broncos at home, but the defense is still good. Don't sleep on that. Von Miller is going to be trying to get all up in Gardner Minshew's ass. And I, I just know it. Like, Von Miller knows Gardner Minshew's like one of the hot new quarterbacks. He's going to want to sack the piss out of him. He's going to be like, welcome to the league, homie. Like, that's going to happen. Von Miller Man, will this, sack Gardner Minshew. Yeah, these – I'm just realizing this. These afternoon games are ugly. They really are. They, in terms they, of fantasy. In terms of yeah. fantasy, they're ugly. I'm uh, I it's it's gonna be tough. I, I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for for Broncos running backs. I feel like um, except I, I don't know though. Like Royce Freeman, I, I've been I I don't want to get to the point to where people are just thinking that like I'm just constantly saying Royce Freeman because I want Royce Freeman to do good, but the run any running back for the Broncos this week could be fine against the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm not too intimidated by the Jaguars' defense. I just think it's going to be one of those games where it's like very long slope or very long possessions. Yeah, it's going to be a drawn-out game, and it's no one's going to be going high tempo. You're not going to see a lot of offensive plays. I'm just not. This really is going to be your low-scoring game right here. Yeah, this I think is so too. Be your kicker game. This is your kicker and your punt game, right here. Call Watch this one go off. Watch like Cortland Sutton get two touchdowns and Gardner Minshew throw for four touchdowns. And we're going to be wrong, but yeah, it's going to be low scoring. It doesn't seem that way, but I guess you never really know. I just know that Von Miller is going to sack Gardner Minshew. I feel that energy. He's going to get um, that jock, that jock strap out for him stretching in it. That's it. Night game. Cowboys in the dome against the Saints. 
Teddy Bridgewater starting again. Expect the same shit out of that offense. The defense, however, I think that this defense is going to make shit happen again, especially being back at home. They want to shine for this team. I really think as long as this defense can shut Zeke down early, they got this game in the bag. I'm starting the Saints defense this week. I don't care how fucking crazy that is. I'm starting them. Cowboys side of the ball, obviously, you got to start Zeke if you have him. You can't just not play Zeke. And you can't just not play Dak at this point, honestly. Because, I mean, he's still going to be able to connect and get where he needs to go. As far as winning this game, I think that the Saints are going to win this game. Whew, man. That's a lot to digest. I don't know, man. That's that's a knee-jerk reaction to the Seattle to the Seattle game. Um, I do think it's going to be competitive. So you're starting the defense. I am starting the defense against the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm starting them up. Like I'm, I have realized that like if I drafted this defense, it's a defense, and I just need to play them. And if they can do what they did on the road in Seattle at home, and I know that they can, I know they can do it at home. I've seen them do it. They can do this at home, and, and they can't let the Cowboys beat them again this year after what they did to them last year. They just can't. And so they're going to have to find a way to pull together. And, and, the, and the one way that we can do that, that this team can do that, my team can do that, is with this defense. They're going to step up in a big way. They know they have to. There's no plan B with this defense right now. <laughs> uh, I'm just laughing because I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, you Man. feel however you want about it. You you say yeah. your opinion. I, I'll say mine. No, I know. I know. It's I that know. New Orleans voodoo, bro. I'm going to go take you to Marie Laveau's. I'm going to show you. <laughs> I don't know. Let me look at the spread real quick. So, there's a three-point spread. Dallas is favored by three. So, it's going to be a close it's, – it's predicted to be a close game. I just – I wouldn't feel confident playing the Saints defense. I, I will agree. You know, Sunday night football, it's going to be wild in the dome. So they're going to have that factor. But the way Dak's been moving the ball, you know, you've been pretty high on Dak. So you're going kind of the opposite way here for this week, just this week, sounds like. We saw Russell Wilson put up 45 fucking fantasy points last week, and that defense still rocked. So you still could see it. It just, yeah. The, I don't think I mean, we're going to see like in, in a, a, a fucking mirror repeat of what they did to Seattle, that defense. But I mean, I still think that the Saints defense is going to stand up. Yeah, I think they're going to get a few sacks on Dak. I think it's going to, they're going to have their big oh, plays. Cam, but, yeah, Cam's going to get there. Yeah, I agree. Not, He's going to get Newton, there. They're going to get sacks. No, I know you don't want to talk about Cam Newton. No. Um, Who is but, he? Yeah, he's dressing up, <laughs> dressing up something different. I don't know. Cato's model. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gotta have, I just gotta have the faith, man. I have, I have the faith this week. I think we're gonna be fine. We're gonna carry ourselves. We, we know we got a goal, and that's just me, the fan in me talking. But why? If everybody wants to be crazy, call me crazy. That's fine. I, I'm used to it. I hear it all the time. But I don't think, think you're crazy, man. I don't think you're crazy. It's a really three-point spread. I mean, you got the Saint, you got the Cowboys coming into the dome. Anything can happen. Sir Saint is going to take his big nuts chin and he's going to like put it in the Cowboys' big ass mouth. It's going to be some weird shit going on the sideline, <laughs> almost as weird as as Kyle Long's dick on an Instagram story that Tariq Cohen put out. Then didn't even realize it. Man, I missed that whole thing. I saw the. I saw the. Uh, the article or I saw somebody talk about it, but I haven't actually looked into it. Yeah, dude. Like you can, he's just like changing and you can just see the dude's dick in Tariq Cohen's uh, Instagram story. It's crazy. 
It's wow. <laughs> fucking nuts. What a world. What? Yeah, what a world. But yeah, wild week. Great fucking episode. 100 episode is in the books. We've done it. We've made it. Thank you again, Garage Fam, all y'all listening. Um, if you go to the Twitter page at GGFS Podcast and retweet this show's tweet, you will be put on a list to receive a Garage Guys Fantasy Sports decal for free, showing the world that you are a member of the Garage Fam. So don't sleep on that. If you've got this far, you're listening to that. Go to at GGFS Podcast, retweet the 100th episode tweet, and we, I'll get with you and get a good address for you, and we'll send you a decal. Amazing times, amazing shit. Love it. Can't wait to watch some football on Sunday. Also, the Charlotte Roval is on Sunday. Anybody wants to watch some NASCAR, it's going to be a hell of a race. I'm excited for that. We'll have all of my stuff up on Rotoballer. You can read. Drew will have his DFS rankings for NASCAR and the NFL up on the Patreon page at patreon.com slash garage guys. Get over there and get a tier right now. Any, any last words, Drew? Let's win some money. Let's win some motherfucking money. Um, garage Jam. So we're playing a Garage Jam to close us out. And I thought, what better song than the first Garage Jam we ever did? This band was a band that I thought was Led Zeppelin and then found out that they were actually from the present and the guy just has the pipes of Robert Plant. You got to hear Greta Van Fleet for the first time tonight. What did you think when you first heard him? I thought it was Led Zeppelin. That's the first thing I told you, right? So if you don't know who Greta Van Fleet is, here's Led Zeppelin with a song you've never heard of (laughs) called Highway 2. Love you guys. Sports. Party. Repeat. 